0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our cozy at Home set, and I am so happy and honored. I have a very dear friend, mm-hmm. and I consider you a dear friend now, Cynthia. Cynthia Fortledge, mm-hmm. amazing story, but uh, girl, you've done it. You've moved away. You've started some incredible adventures, yep. and I want to talk about it all because tomorrow you're gone.
1: I, well, I uh, mean, I go back you go yeah, you
0: go back <laughs> home to London, yes. but you know you've been here for almost a month yes. now, Cynthia, what was it like to come home again?
1: It, it was in the beginning, I was really nervous mm-hmm. to return to Winnipeg uh, and part of it was is that one of the aspects, given my background story and you know I know mm-hmm. my explore element, was the fact that my identity that I had for 50 years that in corporate world, they knew me. I had this professional network. I could never get away from it. And so when I left Winnipeg, I was able to let go and just be me. And that was mm-hmm. so freeing. That was, I can't even tell you how amazing that kind of feeling was. So coming back, it was like, Oh no, was this going to be dumped back on my shoulders? Am I going to, but I i didn't, oh, I haven't. So that mm-hmm. was, um, and then there you know, the fact that I was, um, because of my daughter and her graduating, I was going to spend time with my ex that I haven't really communicated with in six years. So there was that level of anxiety um, as with it. Yeah, and then because I had lived in Winnipeg for 45 years, there was so many people to connect with, and it's just like, I don't even have time. to <laughs> so, see.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, so the, let's talk about yeah. the family dynamic sure. now. Sure. Because I know when we, we met, yep. you were about to leave on this brand yep. new journey, yep. and, and things were hard, or, yep. or they were new, right? Yes. New for everybody. Yep. And yet this wonderful philosophy, which has now blossomed, I yep. guess, into your mantra, um, acceptance without understanding, right. and we had such a great conversation about that. And And I think that not only me, but a lot of the other women that yep. you've touched hearts with, yep that still resonates with us so I want to say thank you You because it really once you embrace that Mm -hmm. things aren't as hard to accept Mm -hmm. afterwards uh, even if you don't understand thinking of your family now what is the relationship like I have a hundred questions but I know is it you know like women to women now the relationship Or is it still a little bit...
1: Well, you know, I think, start with the easy part. Yeah. My kids, right? So the first year of my journey Mm -hmm. was, um, it was very tough, obviously, on everyone. And it was very disconnected with them. In fact, during the first year, I only saw them three times in the whole year. Wow. Um, Compared to today, where we, when I'm in London, we have a video Mm -hmm. chat Mm -hmm. once a week. you know for at least an hour so comparatively it's like okay this was but today I mean my relationship with my daughter was amazing when she was in London visiting me which was the first time in two and a half years just like Mm -hmm. many of us right Mm -hmm. got to see each other um, she said Cynthia there's something I need from you I'm graduating this year I want you at my graduation in Saskatoon and so it's (laughs) like okay I'll figure out how to do that, but sure. Um, and of course that means my ex, her mm-hmm. mother, was there too. We really haven't communicated in six years. And so this was our first time actually communicating together, and we did. And mm-hmm. it was magical, it was wonderful. It was two friends mm-hmm. meeting each other after a long time, after maybe you know having a really severe spat, <laughs> yeah. and Starting to, the conversation, just to come back to a sense of being okay around right. each other. Mm-hmm. And it was. And, you know, I thanked, I thanked her and I thanked. the kid. It was a magical moment. And it was a week out of my month, but it was a magical week oh with family. Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
0: Did they... Uh, did you have to do explaining? The no. why question. Yeah. No. No?
1: No. Um, I think everybody was trying to kind of gauge.
0: Mm-hmm. Certainly the
1: kids were watching to see how their parents interacted. Um, and I think we were watching to see how each other reacted. I wanted to be sensitive, aware, knowing that this was, you know, it has been six years. We were yes. married for 32. So to go from living together and talking all the time, like, that's mm. really difficult. And so now we're coming back and it's like, let's just have those first couple of conversations. And we did. and. You know, I mean, it's going to live in my memory, but there was one night, like, we all sat on my daughter's couch, which mm-hmm. was my <laughs> fold <falled> out bed, <laughs> and we all sat watching a movie as a family. A really odd family <laughs> combination, but we were just having a family night watching a movie, and it was just magical.
0: Yeah. And, and these things now are so important, yes. right? For you to even share these moments... Yeah. You're giving hope to so many other people that are afraid to make that step and right. haven't understood why or accepted. Right. And you're missing out on so much. Like, yes. Look at like, all of the beautiful things yeah. that you have to give. And let's talk now yeah. about what you're doing because you're yeah. like the poster <laughs> woman for yeah. LGBTQ right. and 2S, yeah. and now right. you're c- with your business, CAF Services. Explain a little bit more on on what you're now doing.
1: Wow, so there's a whole bunch of things. So in short, so CIF services, three core things I do. One is I educate um, through speeches, through workshops. Um, Two, I end up doing uh, corporate um, consulting Mm -hmm. in the space. So organizations want policy reviews. They look to create policies. you know, things like that. They want to know what does the lens look like for someone who has the superpower of one leader, because I was a senior leader here in Winnipeg, one leader, two genders worth of experience, <laughs> that I can put that lens on their business and give them some feedback Is what does it look like? What does it feel like? Um, how can they address especially now with everything going on in the world, um, that, you know, we're all very hyper aware of how delicate human rights are. Um, especially for women at this moment. So that's something that, again, I can bring that superpower to help organizations. And finally, um, it's not something to do as much of, but one-on-one support, peer support, Mm -hmm. mentor support. Um, It could be full-out coaching, but Mm -hmm. that's really not my forte anymore. But I certainly am capable of doing it and happy to do it when I make the right connection with a person. Um, So that's what I do with that. Most of my clients are corporations, uh, Mm -hmm. businesses of all size, small, medium, large, um, who want to make life better for their employees, for their customers, for communities. Mm -hmm. Um, I can bring that lens and help them. Um, The other part of the work I do is um, through my volunteer work, um, which is at board level um, with organizations. So while I, I think have a, a pretty good history with certainly the LGBTQ plus <laughs> community here in Winnipeg, um, through Rainbow Resource Centre, of course, mm-hmm. is now with, um, and in fact, it was just announced on social media today officially, um, but with Stonewall Housing, which shares the name with Stonewall, the original mm-hmm. um, organization, but Stonewall Housing in the UK, which deals with um, creating safe spaces for homelessness and the community at large, um, they use the acronym LGBTQ+, mm-hmm. um, within there. Every organization has a different <laughs> acronym of the Rainbow Alpha. The other one that I'm very chuffed, uh, British term about, very proud, <laughs> yes. is um, Outright Action International. Now, Outright Interna- Action International is a huge step for me because it's a global LGBTIQ mm-hmm. organization. Um, we are also the United, part of the United Nations Secretariat, for LGBTIQ issues. Um, And we're all about LGBTIQ human rights globally, all 193 signatory countries of the United Nations. Um, It's a big job. We're in 33 different countries currently with active projects and the work going on. um, And we continue to lobby governments and everything else. Um, And it's the largest not-for-profit organization I've ever belonged to. And I have an absolute stellar board that I, I'm a part of.
0: Well, that is so fabulous. Yeah. Uh, you only went to your first board meeting, but what is the climate like, so to speak, globally yeah. for the community?
1: Well, a lot of the work, like, you know, we talked about the work going on in the Ukraine, mm-hmm. right? Um, there was over a million dollars that we have raised and dispersed. Um, to help LGBTIQ organizations in the Ukraine to deal with the issues of displacement, medicine, Mm -hmm. um, every aspect um, with folks that were in the Ukraine. Um, Of course, they're going to places like Poland and other places, so what's going on? Because they don't necessarily have laws that are also pro-LGBT, and so it's continuing advocacy work. There are a lot of work in Africa. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we're in about 15, 20 different countries, and outright doesn't do the work what we do is we find organizations on the ground and Mm -hmm. we fund them and we provide equipment and we make sure they can do the work that they need to do in their communities and to move it forward and we're all about collecting the data so when we go back Mm -hmm. to the United Nations we're not talking well some of this or we feel that it's here's the numbers here's the statistics here's what's going on and we're talking from a factual perspective.
0: Wow so there's accountability
1: Complete accountability, mm-hmm. um, and for us, it's about moving the needle on human rights for LGBTIQ people globally.
0: And so, now you're living in London. Yes. And I want to yeah. go back to how yeah. it really has been like a, a metamorphosis. I want to say yeah. you know, from a moth into a beautiful or a yeah. you know, a beautiful <laughs> butterfly. Basically, yes. what is it like for you now? Um, and I guess, where do you want to go with all of this right. information and, your, and giving, constantly giving? And I guess my question to you is because you're constantly giving and you're so much information, when do you kind of go, oh, when do you get it back?
1: The work I do feeds my heart and my soul. Mm-hmm. When I was in Winnipeg, I had a six-figure income as an executive. I'm not even close to a fraction of that with what I live on in London. I don't even live at the minimum wage, minimum income in London, but my heart's full and my soul knows that I'm doing the right work. And so I stay focused on that, knowing that those that get that and that get the message of acceptance without understanding, that get the message about human rights, that get the idea of seeing human beings first. They will engage with me. That will at least pay the bills, pay the rent, buy groceries, um, and you know what? Really, that's all I need, Tracy. I don't need a glamorous princess life that I used to live here in Winnipeg. You know, living over on Evergreen in, in um, you know Osborne Village and everything else. Uh, my life is much simpler, but much more full.
0: Wow. Well, we're going to continue the yeah. conversation. I want to know all about what the future, the future for, you know, 2SLGBTQIA communities, um, how can we learn more, too, as well, and more on your acceptance without understanding. And I think about a book, too. I heard you talking the other day. But we're going to take a little flashback, Cynthia. Uh, I just wanted to kind of introduce this next story. Involved you the first time that we met each other. And a beautiful program at Deer Lodge Centre that I don't think a lot of people know. And if you want to give a little shout-out to Deer Lodge Centre, that's fine.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, Deer Lodge um, is very close to my heart. Um, Also, the great team, but especially Dina, who I worked with. um, Absolutely amazing. Um, If it's the clip I'm thinking (laughs) of, Dina's there. Um, And they gave me something that no one else had given me and that was the ability to have confidence in my own ability to not have to rely on surgery or something else and so this was owning the identity of my voice Mm -hmm. and it was just a magical journey that I'm so thankful and of course they have an amazing um, event coming up in October that Winnipeggers should stay tuned and absolutely support.
0: Yes, no doubt. And that is the big gala at Deer Lodge Centre on September 29th. And you can go get tickets at their website. But now here is the story on the speech therapy program at Deer Lodge Centre.
1: Well, in 2016, um, I realized there was an unexplored journey in my life, um, that being my gender, and I began that process. And through that process that led me here to Deer Lodge, to provide support for the vocal services.
2: So we started seeing, I guess about 10 years ago is how the story starts. There was one clinician here uh, practicing uh, voice rehabilitation and there was a need uh, seen for individuals, mostly um, transgender females, so transitioning from male to female, wanting to pursue um, treatments to help feminize the voice so that it helps combat gender dysphoria and just the feeling that your voice is, uh, is part of you and it needs to be con- congruent with your gender.
1: When I began the program I was a uh, working executive um, that was also doing public speaking on behalf of the organization so certainly the use of my voice was very important. Um, professionally as well as personally. And so to have an authentic voice that presented the same as the rest of my physical being was very important. And now that I've become an international public speaker, it is even more important that I am fully represented to who I am and that everything kind of aligns and matches. And that's what Deer Lodge has been able to work with me to create that um, authentic presence.
2: Her outcomes are fabulous and you know, I think she's just very dedicated Um, from the beginning. She does daily work, it's part of her life. She never misses a day. Um, She always uh, makes time for it and and, and knows the importance of it and then I think it's just developed she gets the feedback from society that make it that benefit so there's a lot of benefits to coming to speech therapy to help feminize your voice.
1: A lot of it has to do with the muscles within your throat, and in terms of using it. But it's even more finesse to the words that are used, the flow, the what they call the lyrical flow, right, of a sentence, of the way women speak, um, the language as women that we use um, in a conversation, um, and also you think about the breathiness such as, um, do you end with a hard sound to the end of your sentence, or does it actually become softer and just kind of float out? Um, And so, where are you at on that? So, you know, the frequency or pitch is just one piece, the breathiness is just another piece. There's many, many other layers that two years ago, I had no clue, um, and I just thought it was, get a really good falsetto. It is nothing like a good falsetto, it is finding a much more authentic voice that matches everything else that all the, the the surgical and medical practitioners have been able to take me through how I need to then massage and work with my voice to get to the same place. Yeah.
2: Easy, That's <laughs> so really 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 nice and you're happy with that too, right? right? It sounds really really good. So Cynthia's case um, is is a very great case because we've got good outcomes. She had always good support um, to help her with her outcomes as well. But now I'm actually seeing a lot younger um, generations and not only transgender but um, individuals that identify as non-binary so they're seeking services to help reflect their their true self in their voice as well so we're not seeing maybe not, not even masculinization or feminization but even a neutral setting so it's very different how we even do treatment. I think, um, you know, for Deer Lodge I think I'm very proud to be an SLP here at Deer Lodge. I think I'm very proud to say that I am part of the transgender program because people are so motivated and they do the work and then you get the outcomes and I think that's very um, unique in in a program to get such great outcomes uh, consistently.
1: Deer Lodge is um, a a fabulous centre to start with. They have always been very accepting And that's certainly, as a transgender individual, it certainly is a very important thing to find accepting safe places. Um, With that, the staff have also followed through, of course, with that and provided excellent care in terms of it's not just about, you know, work hard, get to that. It's like, okay, how is your voice feeling? How are you feeling? Where are you at in your journey? Um, And I've met many folks who practice, but never actually put into practice what they're working on. Um, For me, I lived it every single day. So people have heard me from the really rough, very low, gruff sounding that I used to have to the voice that I have today. And I continue to work and refine that every single day. I am the woman that I've always been. And I believe that every part of me is now reflecting who that is and sounds like who I am. Um, And really is just me. I think the, the biggest message is we need to learn acceptance without understanding. As a society, we need to understand and if we don't understand, we can't accept. We need to flip that, we need to learn to accept. And everybody's on a journey in their life. Nobody's ever at the end of their journey, but everybody's complete and they're going, oh, I'm sitting back. No, everybody's always growing, changing, evolving. And just because somebody's journey is different than yours, doesn't matter. And people like Deer Lodge make a difference in helping people travel their very own unique journey.
0: back to You at Home. My guest is the beautiful Cynthia Fortledge. We just saw the speech therapy program story and it really was like you training your voice like an opera singer yeah. every day.
1: Yeah, it has it has some fun. I, I play <laughs> with it because it's like you get the phone call and if somebody goes oh sir, then I know my voice isn't it? I go oh you must want my husband. Oh hang on, yeah, <laughs> Really, what? <laughs> and then I go back and I go oh, sorry, my husband said you wanted to talk to me so, and <laughs> Oh. So I never knew how to do that before. Yeah. Deer Lodge taught me to do that. So I just have fun with it now. And is it just mm-hmm. instinctive now? Do you, or is it something? I still tune up my of... voice every morning. Yeah. Um, some days better than others. But
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you have had a little bit too much wine. But, I mean, but these are yeah. the things. It's, it's no different right. than putting on makeup, right? Yeah. Or figuring out, oh, yeah. doing your hair. Yeah. But, uh, it, and yeah, there mm-hmm. are so many things that we do take right. for granted. So the pressure, Cynthia, mm-hmm. I've often wondered, right. how do you deal with it? And, you know, the mental health yeah. issues, too, as well. Because I know that sometimes, you know, you know, we just say, to hell with it. But I don't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I threw no, that one I, out. you. That's I a know. tough one. Um, so, I mean, I meditate is one of the mm-hmm. ways I've learned to meditate um and that's more of for me more of an instantaneous kind of, okay let's just slow down mm-hmm. let's just get control mind and space and mm-hmm. to deal with it um but there are rough moments and you know i heard a lot from friends and people i met that went oh my god i see you know on facebook mm-hmm. or on linkedin or but you know you've got this amazing life and i go life looks really good on social media mm-hmm. my real life not so much um and but the whole idea is, I have amazing friends that I've met in London. I mean, I still have a therapist here in Winnipeg, but you know, even you know, occasionally jumping on the Hugh shows, yeah. it's just a great way to kind of find a different space with a lot of really amazing like-minded women, and mm. be able to kind of feel that I can unpack an emotion and a feeling because I'm probably not the only one feeling it. in that moment Mm -hmm. and realize that we're all together and we Mm -hmm. did a lot of that during the lockdowns yes Yes. um right and I think that really cemented from the time we met at Deer Lodge (laughs) you know to now that yeah like we really have so much that we can talk about and in common um and things that we both feel very passionate that we want to work on uh, to deal with it so yeah it's really support and again that's the pandemic taught me, at least, mm-hmm. is the importance of the people in my life. Yes. I need quality people who can be real friends that it's not all the sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> um, sometimes there's storm clouds and hail and wind. And if you're there for both, then you're really an amazing friend. And I found that.
0: Oh, well, and that yeah. is just, you know, part of, I think, the beauty and the joy, right? Yeah. That life can bring you. Yeah. So there is, I hear, yeah. a book. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, Needless
0: to say, it's the Cynthia story?
1: No. No, it's not. Um, so I met this really amazing person. She's a professional coach, um, corporate leadership style coach in London. And she's a friend. So it wasn't a coach. We were just at the pub sharing <laughs> a drink. Um, and we were talking about it. And I really was struggling to put the words on the paper. This was back December. Mm -hmm. of last year and by the time I left our chat at the pub um I had three book ideas um in it and I already come up with a technique in order to put the words on the page to write the book I did that in January 23 days I've written the book now editing as you well know some great writers like Joanne Zook um you know what um Editing a book is much harder. (laughs) Yes. Um, So um, thanks to you again, making the connection of someone who's going to help me get through this edit phase so that I can get this book in people's hands. And it's about acceptance without understanding. And the whole idea is to explain it in much greater detail. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are elements of, quote, the Cynthia story in there to demonstrate how I learned something or how I interpret something. But for the most part, it's really a self-help book for people to learn about acceptance without understanding as a way to move forward. And um, So right now I'm targeting the fall mm-hmm. to have that book available and uh, to publish initially as an e-book and then orderable as a on Amazon as a paperback.
0: Oh my goodness. So you're, now you're getting into publishing yes. and all of that. Yes. And you're right, editing, because how do you take out parts of something that you have a heart and soul with right? right and trying to second guess oh people are going to love that or right. people don't need yeah. to hear about that was it hard for you that to get this book done or and like you said you had a map mm-hmm. in your mind or an idea but there's a big process yeah. on from being in your brain yeah. to being on paper
1: well I had the idea for the book in 2019 when we first met um another one in the Hugh archive right You're right Where um, pre-lockdowns, pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah. And it, I figured, oh, when I'm traveling and I was doing my global adventure mm-hmm. bit, that I would write it.
0: It didn't happen. <laughs> you
1: know what, Tracy? I wrote five chapters while traveling, three times, each time in a different voice. I was still struggling to find my voice. Mm-hmm. And so the secret that I learned was I just dictated it. That is my voice. But then I also realized, oh, my gosh, do I really speak like that? Because all the editing of all those words you don't want in a written form, you know, was Mm -hmm. part of the challenge. So, yeah. Um, So I've had this for an idea idea for a while. I've had two and a half years of time to write it. Haven't got it done. But now it's written, just needs editing, and then we publish.
0: Where do you see this going? And and what are your hopes for it? For even the whole acceptance without understanding?
1: Well, personally, I want it to be a global message that is understood as to what it is, not because my ego says I want to have this globe. The message was given to me by what I just refer to as spirit, much more like the indigenous peoples refer to spirit. And it's told me that I need to make this message global. Part of the work with Outright is I now have a platform globally Mm -hmm. to take this message and help others understand acceptance. And so that's really, for me, what what it's about. And along the way, I'll pen a few other books and put it out. But again, my whole life goal is simply share the message of acceptance without understanding in order to create a better world for everyone.
0: That's Mm -hmm. it. It sounds simple. What is the next step after acceptance without understanding?
1: I think there's a lot there when you read the book. There's a lot there for people to really chew into because every conversation I have, I'm able to draw back to well that's acceptance without understanding as we, you know, talk about it. And the c- complexity is, you know, how does a woman in the United States today look at their government and go well, they get me as a woman mm-hmm. and they have to do it given the ruling that came out this past week where our rights over our own body was taken away. And I would say, I can accept that they made a decision to deal with it. But the challenge is see, acceptance without understanding teaches you a red line, a line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And they crossed it because whatever beliefs that they have that drive them because it wasn't a case of law that when their beliefs affect the way I live my life, that's crossing the line. Mm-hmm. They are free to believe those. I will fight for their right to have their beliefs, to have you know, um, religious freedom. But if that's not the way I live my life, that's not the way that I see it, then anything that you do based upon that is imposing upon me and acceptance without understanding says, no, that's a red line. And there's a lot of red lines. Mm-hmm. Um, that's
0: interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, yes, what's been happening yep. in the States is, is yep. very, very hard to understand, let alone accept. Yep. Right. Um, and there's, like you said, there's yep. so much more. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. briefly about Outright and, and, this, and the work that they do yep. for the community. How are things in Canada or even in Winnipeg, right. for the LGBTQIA community? Have we, have yeah. we come along, yeah. progressed?
1: That's a really interesting question, because, A, I obviously didn't, quote, jump back into my community roles uh, <laughs> with it, yeah. but I did meet with friends. Mm-hmm. And I would say that, unfortunately, over the last two and a half years, the needle doesn't seem to have moved in Winnipeg. It is exactly where it was. Um, And again, I think that Canada overall has experienced a lot of the same pseudo-political movements and so forth that are trying to influence levels of government that are either trying to claw back on human rights that have been gained or dealt Mm -hmm. with. I mean, right now, um, the next big fight of clawing back is same-sex marriage. Like, we mm-hmm. settled this. We, yeah. we dealt with this. We put it to bed. But now, all of a sudden, it's open for discussion again. And mm-hmm. it's like, really? Like, um, when do we say enough is enough, and we're tired of talking about this because we settled this? Yes. And we can move forward. Mm-hmm. But we're not being allowed to because those people that feel that their point of view has been ignored or not heard that they get to roll it back and we have to live by their point of view is really what we're facing. Rather than finding a middle ground, and if everybody could understand acceptance and accept each other's point of view... See, one of the powerful parts about acceptance without understanding is that if you find something so distasteful about another human being that you do not want to interact, but you can accept that you have this reaction, and you can sit down and have dialogue, that creates a safe space for each of you to talk about where you're coming from and why. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to, as I've said many times, you start with acceptance without understanding, but you grow to acceptance with understanding. And that really, Mm -hmm. to your your question, that's Mm -hmm. the evolution of acceptance with understanding. It is growing to acceptance with understanding, but that comes after.
0: Mm -hmm. The acceptance. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, it is a process, but you're yeah. right. And it's those initial conversations. And they're hard, right? Yes. I mean, because people are so set in their ways. And I, yeah. I find that as much as, like, this whole pandemic has, you know, brought us together, mm-hmm. so-called. Yes. It has really torn a lot of people apart. It has. And and why is that? Just lack of communication? Is it fear?
1: I, I think it's a lot of things. Um, fear, definitely, mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think there's a lot of people that really struggle with identities that are not theirs. And the initial reaction is fear, right? I call it the FUD factor. It's in the book. Yes. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Mm -hmm. The FUD factor, F-U-D. And one of those three elements kicks in, and that's that negative voice that we hear in ourselves. Even when we're judging ourselves, that's fear, uncertainty, and doubt talking to us. And I can tell you from experience, unfortunately, that even very dark places that, you know, certainly LGBTIQ youth and everybody face globally, you know, we talk about really ugly statistics about that dark place. That's all fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So when we can learn tools and techniques to address fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and for me, it was the flashlight. It's a dark place. So I will go into this virtual dark place but I'll carry a flashlight that's my tool my weapon and I will shine the light on every corner to see what's scaring me whoa and when I find out there's nothing there it illuminates it and I go well why do I have fear uncertainty and doubt and it allows me to unpack that in a healthy way to go forward now I was taught this by a mental health professional this is not (laughs) something that Cynthia just (laughs) imagined (laughs) no um and so somebody's struggling I would say please Seek a mental health professional to help you find your flashlight, you know, in these very troubling times. So that's really the challenge that people have Mm -hmm. um, to go through the cycle. And when we can ultimately overcome our own fear, uncertainty, and doubt, then we can step into what I call being your authentic self. Mm -hmm. And we use that term for the LGBTQ plus community a lot. Mm -hmm. But what I have found in all my travels... And of course, women are a part of, you know, that uh, most people are not living an authentic life. Mm-hmm. And so, everyone, every human being needs to live their authentic self and not be living by fear, uncertainty, and doubt of, I gotta behave this way, or, or you know, the neighbor got this, so I gotta get that. Right? That's fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's, it's tearing us down, going, we, we have to step up, we have to copy, we have to mimic, we have to somehow look bigger, better, or equal, to when your authentic self says, no, you don't. Wow. What, what do you need? hmm And that comes from acceptance, a place of acceptance.
0: Well, we can hardly wait for this book yeah. to come out. I know that I, I, you're talking little nuggets of everything that yeah. we have talked about over the past three years, and it is so wonderful that it's all coming together. Yeah. Uh, it does make sense, yeah. and you are making the world a better place. Thank you. Yes. I, and I'm <laughs> sorry that you are leaving, but, yeah. you know, London calls, but, you know, Winnipeg will always be your home, Cynthia.
1: Absolutely, and thank you, Tracy. I appreciate our friendship.
0: Oh Well, thank you so much, too. And thank you, all of you, for joining us here at at Home. And as always, stay safe and healthy, and we'll see you next time on at Home.